welcome to the show. I'm Ben. I'm Nolan. It's not really a show. It's sort of a mini show. A pre, yeah. A pre-show? It's a preview show. It's what they know? call in the uh, podcast parlance episode zero. Mm-hmm. Right before episode one, the prequel, if you will. A prelude to a podcast called Ridiculous History. Yes, yes, sir. That is us. And every week you and I dive into some of the strangest, most unusual, just weirdest stories from the yesteryears of humanity. I'm really more of a toe dipper, if I'm being honest. Never mm-hmm. really been much of a diver. I leave that to you and I'll just kind of, you know, I'll be your wingman. I'm, your, all, uh, I'm all about delving. We can wing this together. Okay, that's cool. Well, should we uh, wing our way into a clip? Yeah, because people are hearing this wondering, what are these guys actually talking about? What do they actually do on the show? Together, you and I found out something incredibly strange and ridiculous, not just about the Protestant Reformation, but about one of the things that fueled it. Yeah, butter, which, um, as we know, is not only delicious, but a fantastic way of cooking your food. And it became really important in aiding the Protestant Reformation when the Catholic Church banned it, essentially forcing starvation on folks in regions that didn't have access to um, acceptable cooking oils like uh, olive oil or fish oil. Mm -hmm. So here's a preview from our episode on butter. Butter is not just a tiny, oh, look at that kind of detail in this story. In fact, if not for this ban on butter, there might have been a much slower growth rate of the Protestant movement. So if we look at this first, I guess the best way for us to start is to consider fast days. Should we travel back in time to medieval Europe? (laughs) I think that's a wonderful idea. So here we are, medieval Europe. Dude, it's kind of weird here. It's really dark and gloomy and everyone looks really bummed out. Yes, yes, yes. You'll uh, you'll also notice that there are a lot of people who look hungry. Watch out for that poop. Oh, you slipped. Oh, it's fine. It's my poop. Oh, okay. I was here earlier. Gross. I know. I know. I was just really feeling the moment. Oh, look at that skinny guy in the stocks over there. Mm-hmm. He looks pretty malnourished. That's also plague, so right. don't touch him. I think I've driven this bit into the ground. Well, luckily, we're riding it out still because now that we're in this environment, we can note that there are some obvious traditions that are different from our own in the modern day, right? Let's see. Look at that. See that monk? Man, sure does have a shiny head. Yes, yes, he has a tonsure. Uh, ah, my eyes. <laughs> so a what? A tonsure. That's a, a tonsure is the word for that type of haircut where they shave the top of their head. I thought it was just called a bowl cut. It's the op. It's like the opposite of a bowl cut. It's like the fringe around a bowl cut minus the part. Yes. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you learn something new every day. These these monks that we're hypothetically looking at. Uh, are living in a system of fairly rigid and exacting rules, dictating both their um, their religious practices and their day-to-day behavior. And one of the big things about this, we're drawing a lot of this from a, uh, a book called Butter, A Rich History by Elaine Kosovra. Uh, one of the big things about this was the the sort of food you could eat. And if it were uh, Wednesday, if it were Friday or a Saturday, 
then these monks, the way this tradition started, could not eat any animal products. They were vegan three days out of the week. They were really ahead of the curve on that one. <laughs> no kidding. And then in uh, Lent, the 40-day period leading up to Easter, they also couldn't eat animal products. So they were vegan functionally for like 40 days or their version of that. Yeah, and what's wild and didn't occur to me until looking into this stuff is it was it accounted for something in the neighborhood of like half of the calendar year. We yes. added it all up together. Mm -hmm. And that's if you don't – well, we'll get to indulgences and how they play in here. But yeah, you're absolutely right. That really adds up and that makes me appreciate every Philly cheesesteak I have ever eaten or will ever eat. Do you do the, the cheese whiz version? Like, no. no. You know, I'm not loyal enough that's to it. That's the classic, they say. Yeah, but I like the provolone. You know? I like a good provolone. You ever eaten cheese whiz out of the can? Yeah, man. Yeah, we've all had – dark times in our lives. I mean, I'll, I'll do whipped cream out of the can, but cheese whiz is just like, it's not, it's not a food. It's not a food. It's essentially like the powder that comes in the Kraft macaroni and cheese boxes, just like in aerosol form. Don't they have to call it a cheese food product? I think so. Not, yeah. It's like American cheese slices. But the thing that's cool too about this is um, it, a lot of this stuff really hinged on region. We take mm -hmm. for granted the idea of importing and exporting and the availability of like anything and like we don't really have to limit our food intake based on where we live. If we want strawberries, we can get strawberries. If we want some, you know, tropical fruit that's not grown anywhere near us, mm -hmm. we can get it because of like, you know, refrigeration. But back in these days, that was not a thing. And your diet was dictated pretty much exclusively on what was available in your region. Unless you were super wealthy. And even, and even then, it would be incredibly rare, you know, or be incredibly expensive, for instance, to get certain spices, mm -hmm. even like peppercorns. So now we've got, we've got our monks who about half the year just can't eat meat or dairy. And is also coincidentally believed to fuel lust. Any animal product is thought as like a, essentially an aphrodisiac of sorts. This tradition became becomes intensely problematic when the Catholic Church extends these fast day rules to all Christians. So for not just monks, anybody who is a Christian has to skip meat, milk, eggs, animal fats, or butter – on Wednesdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and all during Lent. And this is where we really see the problem of geography that we mentioned coming into play because the Roman Catholic Church isn't, is in Southern Europe, right? It's based in Rome. It's in charge ideologically of a lot of Europe, but it's based in Rome. And they had access to like fish, a lot more fish, you know, fresh fish and also Things like olive oil that were alternatives to butter because butter, you know, as as we know, is delicious to just spread directly on things. But it's also a really great way to cook things and it infuses pretty excellent flavor into Ooh. things that you cook with it. Olive oil is also fantastic. I would argue it doesn't quite add the same, you know. Same kind of umami. Same kind almost. of umami, same kind of kick as butter does. So that – so that's it. We're cutting it off there, Noel. This is just a preview. What a cliffhanger. I know. People have to listen to the whole episode. I don't even remember what happens next. <laughs> but you can find out for yourself, friends and neighbors. All you have to do is tune in, subscribe to Ridiculous History. You won't just learn about butter. 
One of the episodes we have in the can is on this uh, thing that happened in Russia between the 1940s and the 1960s where folks were bootlegging music by etching them onto discarded uh, x-ray prints. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then uh, we also answered the question about why British lawyers wear wigs, why some British lawyers wear wigs. We've got one on Pablo Escobar's hippo problem that he introduced into the ecosystem of uh, Colombia. Rain-making supervillains and more. Tune in and find us. We are Ridiculous History. Look for new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you download your favorite audio content. We'll see you there. (laughs) 